Welcome to Switched On with Paul Moderman and James Wood. Strap in for great chats with super smart people on SAP solutions, Microsoft Azure cloud development, and everything in between. Welcome back to Switched On with Paul Moderman and James Wood, everyone. I am Paul Moderman, and of course, as always, we have the lovely James Wood. James, say hi. Hi there. I don't think anyone has ever called me lovely. Well, there's a first time for everything, my friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're There's a reason I'm a podcaster and not a <laughs> YouTuber. <laughs> We're... We're breaking new ground here in, in, in media. <laughs> um, and we are, we are, I think I could, I don't know if, I don't know if you'd say this. I feel like I'm still a little bit, even kind of coming down from what was really exciting last week in Orlando at the Microsoft power platform conference. There was a lot of energy, a lot of, a lot of, both in terms of announcements, but also just in terms of like people's good feelings about stuff. Like, yeah, we we sh- we're, we're going to do a real quick exchange of between the two of us uh, about some of our our favorite little quick highlights, and then we'll jump right to a, a an amazing interview we did. But I really did, I did want to comment about like, you know, I've been to a number of techie slash tech adjacent conferences in my life, and I have honestly never felt quite as much like positive energy as this conference is that your experience too yeah definitely like no other conference i've ever been to you know and it's it's probably not the right term but i've i've been calling it the anti-it conference or the like the opposite of you know you're you're talking to people from all walks of life you know coming from the business and having a passion about technology, which, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, I, I can think of so many times I've been in, you know, rooms with the business and you start talking tech and they just eyes glaze over it. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> we're going to get into that stuff, you know, but it was, it was a complete 180 from that for sure. Man, it was just, it was so great that like, I think every time we sat down at a table and we, we'd just find like the lunch was crowded because there's tons of people and we'd sit down and we'd, we'd talk with people and it was <laughs> generally speaking, not with the techies that we were talking to. It was with people who, people who work for a real thing, doing real stuff. And they had discovered that there was tools out there that they can now use to solve their, basically to solve their own problems. Yeah, And it's incredible. Like I am always impressed by, because I come from a techie sort of background in my career and stuff like that. I'm always impressed by people who don't devote their careers to tech and yet who intuitively just grasp what's going on and then like create things that actually solve problems for them. It's, 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 I am, I am very impressed by people who use Power Platform and just make things happen for themselves. Yeah. I think that's been an interesting phenomenon with the advent of this low code stuff is you're seeing so many people kind of come out of the woodworks, you know, from like, from like behind the shadows of shadow IT. <laughs> and, and they're doing things with, you know, in some cases just Excel or Access. You know, we were, in fact, in a, session with a customer a few weeks ago this lady had built this thing in access that was just incredible you know i (laughs) probably not the best platform for doing it but you know i mean she had recorded all these complex macros and it was you know scripting stuff in sap and you know it's like man that is really impressive yeah imagine what that person does with 
good tools, you know, <laughs> the, the, okay. I mean, yeah, I, we go on for hours about that. Let's let's, so let's, so let's, let's do this. Let's do, let's do one highlight a piece and then we'll go to the interview. Okay. So James, give me your, give me your one MPPC 2022 highlight. You know, for me, I, I really do think, I mean, there's so many announcements, but it was, it was just the enthusiasm I, I think was, was the biggest takeaway that I had, you know, you, you hear all the buzzwords and, you know, the hype that surrounds this stuff, but to see it in its natural habitat, you know, just to, to really, you know, kind of squint and look at a world where, and let's face it, I mean, the, this, you know, the train's left the station, like it's not coming back, you know, whether it's Microsoft Power Platform or something else, the, our industry is about to be turned upside down. Yes. And, and it's, you know, it, it's so gratifying, you know, it, as much as I enjoyed the sessions, you're talking about, you know, conversations you'd have at the lunch table or whatever, that was the stuff that was just fascinating. It, riveting. And just, yeah. Um, so uh, for me, very much along those lines, I think that kind of, dovetails with what you were saying too is that when they announced the collaborative editing feature that you can get in in the power apps to me that is right along those same lines in terms of like really getting those fusion teams that we keep talking about and hearing about together into that world of like where you have somebody who intimately knows a business problem in there doing their thing and they can just tap on the shoulder of somebody who might know formulas or SQL a little bit better, right? And to come in and just like, just sort of drop in some knowledge real quick live together in the same place and zip on and keep going like together toward a thing that in the past would require, you know, okay, I'm going to take my hands off and now you touch it and I'm going to throw it over the wall and now you touch it and I'm going to create a ticket and now your team can touch it. Like just getting brains in the same place pounding on the same thing with with speed with efficiency with true co- sort of collaborative spirit at work is it's incredible i think that's going to change a number of people's sort of approaches to how they get these things done too you know it's a really interesting point because i, I can think of so many instances with our customers where when when a particular subject matter expert or business user wants to explain a particularly complex concept, oftentimes they will say, you know, let me go off, I'm going to build an Excel spreadsheet. And each, you know, worksheet tab is going to kind of sort of resemble a table. And I'm going to help you write the formulas and that, you know, I'll get my vision out in this devil that I know, (laughs) you know, in Excel. And then hopefully from there, we can start to distill that down and we can break down these formulas. And, And to your point, I mean, just being able to do that, right there in PowerFX, which, you know, has, bears a very close resemblance to Excel formulas. Um, You know, it just cuts out the middleman and, you know, you're right to the place of, we just need to figure out this one formula. You know, this is where it needs to happen. Let's get on a, a, you know, screen share teams meeting, whatever. And yeah. Like I, we could go on for hours about how exciting it was. I think I think some of the excitement is also actually captured well in our interview. So let's pass the baton to our past selves <laughs> and our amazing guest. Um, quantum so, leap. Yeah, <laughs> Ziggy says to get out of here, you gotta convince <laughs> him to give you a hug or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, so without further ado, 
uh, we present our interview with Charles Lamana, uh, who was one of the the keynote speakers, the the top people at this conference, and really diving deep on some super cool stuff along with this stuff. And we are live at MPPC Microsoft Power Platform Conference 2022, the first, but newsflash, not the last, Power Platform Conference in the universe here hot live with Charles Lamana, who is corporate vice president of a lot of things. Say your title for us, would you? Thank you for having me on. So Charles Lamana, corporate vice president of business applications and platforms at Microsoft, which includes Power Platform as well as things like Dynamics 365 apps, as well as Viva Sales and a couple other things. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. We are, we're doing this, this is like, this is right after the super hot keynote day one or maybe day two if you count it that way keynote address from charles and so we're gonna go we're gonna go fast furious hot with some great questions answers from charles about these things that we've talked about right so first up in your eyes what's the most exciting thing that you've announced at mppc this is an easy question because okay, I would say okay. the, the real-time co-authoring experience that we announced where multiple users can be inside the Power App Studio, building a single application at, at the same time, seeing their changes, seeing what fields or screens or parts of the app people right. are working on, has been one of the most requested features, mainly because so many of our customers have big development teams that are working on a single app. And in the past, you'd have to do things like manage who has the lock on the app and who's going to make the changes today. I even knew a customer that that had a shared calendar and they would book by the half hour who would get to edit the app. So like all of that's gone. And and we saw with Office just how transformational that was once people could work on Word documents or Excel files or PowerPoint presentations concurrently, completely just changed the way we work. So that's a big, big change that we've seen in the Power Platform. That is that is cool, and I have seen, I have seen. The, I think uh, Glitch.com has collaborative editing every now and again that people have used. I, as a developer, or as a sometimes developer, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want somebody nosing around in my code when I'm doing it. It's mine. But it it actually turns out I think that it's like having two brains, and you yeah. actually get stuff done pretty done quickly when there's more than one person sort of making it happen, right? Yep. So that's, I, I agree, that's a pretty cool thing. So we come from a world where we, we delve into a lot of low-code kind of stuff in our engagements with our customers. There's a lot of competition in that space. For you, okay, so for our customers ask us all the time, like, how do we make the choice of things to go with in that space? What's your answer to that? What's the Microsoft Power Platform answer to which low code and why? And I mean, I think I would I would view it as there's only one right answer, which is Power Platform is the best low code platform to select. And I, I think the the reason is because for so many of our customers, they they have this challenge of a typical solution spans all kinds of, of different things. You need reporting, you need analytics, you need data storage, you need apps, you need workflows, you need RPA, you need a chatbot. And there aren't any other low-code platforms out there which are as comprehensive as the Power Platform. You can go from analyzing your data to acting on it through apps to automating tasks in Power Automate. 
all inside a single integrated solution. Things like managed environments, things like Azure Active Directory, also make it easy to govern and secure the entire solution set without having to switch between different products kind of each and every day. And that integration cost of the low-code stuff, mm. that's what just slows down projects yeah. big time. But being yeah. able to just get it all in one place super quickly is just a huge enabler and a huge accelerant to low-code developers. James, you know, when we do work with our customers, we, we, we take a stand and we say, we're not just going to give you what our like, corporate partners are pushing. We're going to give you the best thing for them. And I think in basically every case, that has come down to Power Platform when low code is in the picture. Is, am I right about that? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, we always talk about, I mean, you know, power platform in and of itself is very powerful, but having that Azure backdrop mm-hmm. is just, because we worked with the other platforms that don't have that. Yeah. It's very easy to find yourself coded into a corner. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That that the sort of the Azure I'm gonna be careful when I say Azure fabric, but the that Azure that Azure like substrate I guess maybe you want to call it mm-hmm. is like vital to the whole picture, and I think really gives it that extra that extra oomph to go across the line of like yeah you just got something that you couldn't do anywhere else right? absolutely and yeah. and one of the, one of the like internal slogans we have on the product team is this idea of no cliffs. Because so many mm. low-code platforms in the past, you build something and it gets more and more sophisticated, then eventually over a cliff you go because you know you want to write this little piece of code to customize this control or this logic, mm. and there's no way to do it. But in the Power Platform, there's always an escape hatch. There's always a way you can yeah. get into Visual Studio, get into Azure, get into Synapse, and go control those last little elements without having to throw away the entire solution. And that makes people feel a lot more comfortable betting on the power platform for an enterprise or mission critical app because mm. just like you said you're not going to run out of gas you can always yeah. go to that next layer as needed i like that we're going to announcement on this podcast we're going to steal that slogan <laughs> and use that on all of our stuff too <laughs> just this is mppc 2022 is full of live flashing news okay so we are big proponents of and sometimes we get it and sometimes we are in terms of Sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. In terms of wanting both ourselves and our customers to work in fusion teams, how does that look at from from your perspective on putting things together in the platform and going to market? Like, what's the fusion teams equation for you? Yeah, one of the things which is amazing, and we can see this in telemetry, is about 25% of Power Platform users are clear professional developers. So okay. they're writing code, you know, like a custom visual or a custom control between Power BI and Power Apps, or sure. they're writing plugins in, in Dataverse, that type of thing. And we see them collaborating with the non-professional developers on a single solution. And mm. when we think about fusion teams, it's this idea that the boundary of your team doesn't have to stop at the department level or at the role or responsibility level. It can go from the business users to the professional developers to the the IT admins, and they can all work together Mm -hmm. on a single solution in one place. And that real-time collaboration feature I talked about earlier, that's something we think will change the game because the business user can come in and maybe do some lightweight tailoring of the the UI as someone who's going to use the app for 40 hours a week, while the pro dev or the IT pro can actually stay focused on the logic and the validation and the security. So, So more people with more backgrounds working together on a single solution that's the next generation of enterprise app development and enterprise data preparation and automation in our mind. 
You know, it, it's it's funny too because I the, my my introduction point to that concept of fusion teams is sort of there was a there was an ebook published about that from Microsoft. You, I'm sure you know about that. And I really come to it from the standpoint of in my head, it's like this evangelized thing from the inward out of like, oh, we think this is the best way to work with our platform. But what it sounds like and what might be true of like a lot of things is that it might be the other way, right? In other words, like you make the platform the way it is and that stuff just happens, right? Because the tools and the stuff that that you put in there, Fusion Teams, whether you label it that way or not, that's just, it's just happening, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Thing you're talking about it, so you know, I, I think about I've been a program developer for many years, and there's those few magic moments where you're you know working side by side with the business, and you're getting traction. But there would always be those times where, okay, now I need to go off and write some nasty code, and I'll get back to you. You know, and yeah. really not having that ability to just kind of continue to author side by side. Yeah, 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 and, and I think the what's amazing is exactly what as you described, I wish we could take credit for being these ama- this amazing visionary and <laughs> back in 2015, knowing everything the power platform would become. But that's what's amazing about platforms. You build it and your mind is always blown by what people are able to do with it. The emergence of things like fusion teams, the emergence of things like centers of excellence, the emergence of things like communities of practice. These are all things that customers taught us more than we taught customers. And of course, we generalize it and platformize it and bring it to everybody. But that's kind of the the amazing cycle of building a platform with a community that's so engaged. It indulge me for a second because I just had like a random flash of inspiration here. Just I'm so I'm 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 Don Draper, right? Mm-hmm. This is the pitch room. This is you guys are having a smoke and drinking whatever we're all right. And so here's here's my ad pitch for the next like theme of MPCC, okay? And like no charge for this, mm-hmm. by the way. So MPCC, field of dreams. And the reason I say that is if you build it, they will come, right? And that happens for the the fusion teams. That happens for the whatever, right? Like people are gonna find their way there whether you sort of laid the path or not, if, if they kind of humans, like humans are really smart and figure things out. I've been watching severance, by the way, that's crazy. I love that. And that has a, an element of that sort of like, even with nothing, people still figure out a way to make things happen. It, incredible. I love it. And I could, we could do a separate podcast about that for sure. Before I lose myself in sci-fi anyway, NPCC 2023, Field of Dreams. Uh, take that, yeah, free of charge. We'll do it in a cornfield. Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll have a great intro, like what ESPN does for yeah. Field of Dreams games now, <laughs> but yeah, tearjerker moments and everything. So, I'm from I'm from Iowa, and so I think I get a key to the state if that happens. <laughs> You're talking about that vision, though. I mean, from the outside in, it, it looks very like man. They just like perfectly staggered you know, mm-hmm. all these different. Places, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Ten thousand of our closest friends and. You know, no yeah. Really have to know that yeah. Yeah. It was evolving. <laughs> yeah. And what's kind of, it reminds me of one of my favorite authors out there is Jim Collins. So in, in like the book of good to great, he talks mm-hmm. about like this mm-hmm. idea of a flywheel that it takes a while for things which are innovative and creative to get going. But once they going, once they're going, if you show up to it, you're like, Oh my gosh, it's a blur. How is it so fast? I don't understand. It's like, well, there was a big windup and a lot of learning. Yeah. And I'd say our platform has definitely entered the flywheel is a blur phase. Cause mm, sure. we got so many engineers. We got such clear customer feedback every week. There's a release every month. There's a big update every quarter. There's a game changing experience. Yeah. And, I mean, 
like we have no shortage of ideas for quite some time and we have no shortage of feedback either. So I think it's really just the beginning. Right. So, so diving in on that concept of the numbers, 7.4 million developers and, 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 and again, the switched on podcast, uh, newsflash, Charles predicts that two orders of magnitude further beyond that. Yeah. Uh, so in two years, expect three quarters of a billion developers Work on a power platform. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. I didn't have a time frame for the record. <laughs> right, so, yeah. But that is the so, ambition for so, sure. So in thirty million years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to like I was trying to like I'm trying to really hockey stick this thing, right guys? So what so that's I mean, that's amazing growth and hopefully more growth like that in the future. What has surprised you about that? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is gonna be like the different disciplines and roles. So mm. the whole idea of the Power Platform was to empower everybody. That, that's been yeah. pretty consistent from the beginning, but just how real that is. I mean, we yeah. have amazing stories of security guards who completely transform their careers, yeah. people working in a call center yeah. completely transforming their careers. Mm. And the, um, like that idea, not only that they use the Power Platform, but that they become a professional in the mm. Power Platform. Yeah. Like we heard in the, the yeah. video during the keynote of, is Power Apps developer even a job? Is that a real thing? <laughs> there are a lot of jobs now. Yeah. And if if you have Power Platform skills, you will probably be snapped up in about 15 minutes right now if you go post this, on LinkedIn. Like the, the the conference app, I think has job postings, right? <laughs> yeah. So James, I'm just I'm just checking them out just to see. I'm not I'm not applying anything. I'm just looking, right? But but they, but you're right. It's like yeah. it's a thing, and it's like it kind of crosses that threshold from like. Is it a thing to, yeah, it's a thing yep. right there. Very cool stuff. So I do want to time box you on something though, because mm-hmm. I want to look into the crystal ball for you. What do you think low code dev platforms are going to look like in three years? I think there's probably um, a few things which would be really interesting. And, and we talk about like, what are the big trends mm-hmm. which are happening in the industry mm-hmm. that inform everything that we do with the product? And the three trends are not super controversial, and I'll expand on them. And they are this idea of data, mm-hmm. AI, and collaboration. Those mm-hmm. three things define where our products are going. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about data, it's this idea that there's just a massive amount of data coming out of every yeah. system and every part of every business, and bringing it together is not easy. And the analogy we may, or the from to we always talk about is, most of our customers are going from being very data poor, not having a lot of access or understanding their data, to incredibly data rich. They now mm. have more data than they know what to do with. So that's kind of one major element. Connectors are important, mm-hmm. dataverse are important as part of that. Mm. For AI, we're kind of going from this bigger trend where the thing we talk about is you're going from big data to big AI, where you have these amazing mm. AI models right. which you never knew could even be possible. Like we talk about how we use GPT-3, which is a large language model from OpenAI inside of Power Apps, where it actually can convert natural language into PowerFX expressions. So it makes the Power Platform even more accessible to more folks. And this is AI you not only put in the authoring environment, but also in the solutions our customers built, like with AI Builder. Mm. And what we'll start to see is there'll be more UI that's built for AI as opposed to built for humans. And I think that's gonna be an interesting UI shift over time. Then last one is, of course, collaboration, which you know is near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that in the keynote. And just all this great tech, so much data, so much AI, but it's still all about the people. So how do you bring people together in the product? And that's 
Teams meetings, that's calling, that's video, that's real-time co-authoring, that's yeah. Power Apps cards, yeah. lots of exciting stuff. James, data is near and dear to our hearts, too, and in, in our in our projects and the tools we build and accelerators we build. When, when you think about data, Power Platform-wise, or just even Azure Substrate-wise, like from from our perspective, looking outside in at MPPC and this kind of stuff, what are your data thoughts about anything data-wise going on in this space? Well, I, I think you know specifically as it relates to this con, this particular conference, that, you know the, the announcements around the connectors and yep. with yep. SAP and you know some of the other enterprise hooks, if you will. Yeah. Like, that is what we hear on a daily basis. Yep. Yep. You know, a lot of our customers, you know, they kind of dip the toe in the power platform waters and they play around with SharePoint, other things, and it doesn't take them very long to get to a place of okay, but I've got Workday, I've got, you know, a number of enterprise solutions on my back end, and I want not only to create apps on top of those, but really start to create new experiences, mashups, and things that it's it's a different flavor Mm. of, I think, low-code development than at least we have observed, you know, probably in the past 12 months of, you know, I think because it's getting to a certain level of maturity, it's like, all right, well, how far can we take this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the answer is pretty cool. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, I think there's sort of a, at least, at least right now, and hopefully this, this acquisition as SAP and the like connector will change that. There's definitely a, a sort of, it's like when you you have your dog with the invisible fence, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think customers have this invisible fence when it comes to their enterprise systems. Mm-hmm. They're like, I know I'm not supposed to touch it, even if the wire has been like dug up and taken out. Yep. They still feel like, well, I can't touch that. I'd like I've yep. always been, I've always had my paws slapped or my neck shocked or whatever. Mm-hmm. Fill in fill in the analogy how you will. But I think they they kind of come up to there like, but I can't touch that. Mm-hmm. And that equation is changing, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah, and if you indulge me for a second, if I can wax poetic, is oh, I um, love it. I love it. <laughs> so about yes. nine years ago, I, I ju- that's where I joined Microsoft, a mm-hmm. company I was acquired by Microsoft, and the the company actually wasn't in the low code space at all. It was in the cloud infrastructure game. Mm-hmm. So you know VMs back when VMs were not many options out in the market. Right. And right. The, the, to give you an idea of how early it is, I always say GCP didn't exist. Azure had a private preview of VMs, right. and AWS was like under a billion dollars in you know, <laughs> revenue. And back then, the public cloud was actually a little bit like low code in that you, people would say, oh, the dev environments can go to the public cloud, but production stays in our data centers. Or the non-mission critical workloads can go to public cloud, but not our SAP instance. Ten years later, no one thinks that way anymore, right? You just, it's just expected. And I remember in 2013 what it felt like for the public cloud. It feels exactly the same way for low code in 2022. So I do think we're, you're exactly right. Last 12 months, there's been a lot of shift in mindset and approach. Yeah. And I think you're going to see more and more yeah. and more mission-critical workloads on low code platforms. And Gar- Gartner has a great stat that they put out that about 65% or more of enterprise app development will be done through low code by 2024. That's just two years away. That is a very rapid rate of change, but that's how technology is, yeah. right? That's that's completely nuts, and yet I totally see it happening, right? That's that's the weird thing about those things. When you when you feel like you're going to start stepping onto the rocket, mm-hmm. you're like, no way, we're going to the moon. But yeah, we're going to the moon, yep. you guys. It, that's it's that that duality of that feeling, right? Of like that looks impossible. Seventy four million developers looks impossible, except 
you know, 10 years down the road or five years or whatever, right? No, no time limits. That's going to be not so, that's going to be, you'd be like, yeah, of course we have 74 million. Who cares? No. Right. It, no. It's going to be that. Okay. So let's shift gears a little bit to some sort of maybe navel gazing stuff a little bit, or let's, mm-hmm. let's continue waxing maybe slightly poetic and, and let's, let's wax toward a little bit more poetic and then most poetic at the end. Okay. So this sounds good. What is something that, people aren't aware of about power platform. Hmm. I I would probably say one of the things which we think is the beginning of something really big and we can see it in our usage data, but I would say most people don't think about it with the power platform is like the subtle AI features that Mm -hmm. we have, which help you be more productive and more capable. It uses AI. We don't necessarily tell you it uses AI. So, like inside of Power BI, key insights, it, it can, that, that usage went through the roof and it will quickly identify which data and which dimensions are driving the most change. And that actually is some super hard PhD stuff, but to the end user, it's just a delighter. Just you know? Exactly. Just, That's kind of a yarn, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like the air we breathe. It's just yeah. in the background. Or that, that natural language to power effects conversion I talked about with GPT-3. Or we have this other thing in Power Apps and Power Automate called programming by example, where mm. you can actually upload, say, input values and text and say, I want it to look like this, you know, from this mm. to this. And mm-hmm. I have no idea how to do that because it's complex with regular expressions and parsing and all of that. But we'll, you will automatically generate the program behind the scenes to do it. And we have a whole bunch more of things, which I can't share today, coming later this year in this vein. And it's always a little bit under the waterline, a little right. bit just below the yep. surface. But we talk about collaboration between people on solutions. I imagine a future where it's collaborating between people and AIs at the yep. table too, yep. nudging, helping, guiding, yep. making your solution better and making it faster to create something amazing. I've, I've, I've been saying to, to like friends and colleagues of mine that I, that I wax philosophical about AI for the last umpteen years is that if, and it, this might sound crazy, I don't know, or, or stupid, I don't know, but I've always been saying, if you have to say the, the, the name AI, when you describe the feature, your feature is AI. But if you can describe the feature, even if AI does it, but you don't have to say AI when you describe it, that's when you've hit the feature, right? right? And so these things like that that are just they're just nudges that are just happening. Yeah. Like and it doesn't and there's not a little bubble saying, We're using the transformers and stable diffusion to do this. Like that's if you if the bubbles say that that's the feature, right? Yeah. And not the real thing. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I like that. And and that's what blocks adoption because I mean, probably ninety eight percent of Pro developers, if you told them, can you explain Transformer to me? They'd be like, I have no idea. I don't know. And now go try to put that in front of a you know 100 million users or something. Yeah. It's just not going to be possible. No and, way. And I think the like all these amazing pieces of technology as they come out, the technology is w- what enables the features. The technology is not the feature. To yeah. your point exactly. Yeah. So climbing, climbing the waxing philosophical curve, waxing poetic curve. Take take power platform in or out of the picture. Whatever. Who cares. What is something that you are excited about for the future? Mm, more broadly, I mean, personally, I'll, professionally, yeah. whatever. Just float I, your boat. I, I would say one of the things that the the Azure or public cloud guy me still really likes is just the serverless and watching it kind of mm-hmm. take over more and more and more workloads. Yep. and it's kind of amazing seeing the 
the transition because I, I remember living through just standard VM images to embrace, embracing things like Chef and Puppet mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. Docker and then Kubernetes. Like, and if you think about how quickly those feedback cycles are, yeah. serverless is kind of going the same way. And like in Azure, you have, of course, compute like Azure Functions and you also have Azure Logic Apps for workflow and that's completely serverless and a whole lot of other things like Synapse serverless and like Cosmos DB is kind of serverless, like you don't manage VMs. So you can kind of see this showing up everywhere. And I imagine a world in the future where you're never paying to rent capacity you only pay by the drip, you know, yeah. per request, per compute second, yeah. per database query, per per I.O. operations and a database mm-hmm. result, that yeah. type of thing. And that allows us to really boil down the cost as developers of the solutions we build to just the kind of the most perfect economic system yeah. without over-reservation and really takes advantage of the true elasticity of the cloud. So, so I think that trend is fascinating. And, and how mm. does that intersect with Kubernetes? Like, I think that, it, like, what does Kubernetes mean when most things are serverless? Like, who, do, who yeah. uses Kubernetes? In terms? So I think there's a ton of very exciting things that all need to be figured out. Yeah. And if you want a little interesting factoid. Logic Apps was actually a hackathon project that I worked on at Microsoft called WolfCrow, which is Workflow Backwards. And that's how Logic Apps came about, which is how Microsoft Flow came about. So, Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and like Clear is kind of one of those things where we started talking to them and realized it just such a great fit with the Power Platform mission, kind of what they had done around improving interoperability and connectivity to right. SAP. Yeah. And it's kind of like they had the great integration interoperability. We had the great platform to build the apps and the workflows. And those are the best types yeah. uh, of, th- of tie-ups. So super excited to get that out in the market yeah. and we'll watch that transform and iterate in the future. So, okay. Last Wax personal here, wax whatever. So, 2013 acquisition of Metrics Hub yep. got you in the door of Microsoft. Like, personally speaking, what moves you from there into the space you're in now? Yeah, like, so, like the, like the, let's, let's get inside Charles and we really figure this out, right? Yeah, I, I would say that. Like the the joke I always say is they kicked me out. They're saying pro code stuff. You're not smart enough. You got to go do this low code stuff. No, the transition actually was kind of was Logic Apps and, and Wolfcrow because oh, okay. So because basically what I was working on the Azure team. What we my team worked on was things like Azure Resource Manager. Mm-hmm. So like ARM templates, love or hate them. You can blame me for for that <laughs> JSON format. Things like resource groups, subscriptions, resource that kind of a lot of that Azure monitoring. So that, I worked on a lot of that glue. And then we had kind of this hackathon project where we created what would eventually become Logic Apps. And that's where the concept of the connector was first created inside the company. And kind of looking at what we were able to do with Logic Apps, which is the serverless design-based canvas, together with connectors, was like, oh man, this is going to be a game changer. You don't have to know about cores. You don't have to know about networking. You don't have to know about managing infrastructure. And then kind of... Logic apps and then Power Apps and then Flow and Power Automate. And then they kind of was like, you can't put a foot in both sides. You kind of have to choose. You want to go the Azure route or low code. And kind of that was a, that was like a little bit of a gut wrenching decision, to be honest. Is that a Sophie's choice for you, would you say? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. It was not, not an easy one. But, and I think back then it was the same message I talked about in the keynote today, which is 
Power Platform, this idea of empowering everybody to be a developer, not just you know, 10, 20 million people who happen to live on the co one coast of the right, U.S. and one right. coast in Asia to go make it be a worldwide power platform is how it's going to be done. Yeah. So so that was kind that of the, so. the driver. And I remember like so many tough conversations to get the power platform name <laughs> to be a thing <laughs> as opposed to individual products. But that was kind of the big the big transition and the big journey. And kind of just the the whole magic about technology is you can Pattern matching is so key. You can see technology yeah. here. Mm -hmm. And Logic Apps is super successful. It's a big, has an incredible user base, an incredible community too. But realizing that this isn't just a thing for developers, connectors, and low code and visual design. It's a thing for everybody. That was the big pivot. And, yeah. and kind of the, the rest is history. Back in 2016, 2017 is kind of when I did that shift mm -hmm. to go all in on Power Platform and leave behind Azure permanently, be just Power Platform and dynamic stuff. Okay. Okay. So if ARM was yours, are those biceps? <laughs> yes. Hi-oh. Biceps, yeah. Biceps. Yeah, and it's, it's funny is because the I'd say that is a podcast you should do someday to talk about the evolution of the ARM template language and kind of bicep and the, the religious debates about a declarative like language versus supporting more imperative controls. Mm -hmm. It's... Mm -hmm. It is, it is great, but it's kind of seeing how all that fits together, like this idea of resource providers and ARM templates and resource groups. There, there's so much there, which really Azure pushed forward, and now you see all the other public cloud providers yeah. kind of following in those footsteps. Yep. Yeah, I remember there's a 50-page doc that <laughs> Mark Rasanovich, if you know him, worked, worked on. Uh, Azure CTO, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, Azure CTO. So, so I'd say, yeah, that maybe that would be a, a good follow-up thing. I connect with the, the team that leads ARM now, and they <laughs> right. can t tell you how terrible I was <laughs> as a leader <laughs> and how it's so much better now. Right. It's going like to be like the TMZ podcast about like the, the, your wake of like disgruntled people you've left <laughs> in your past, right? Yeah. But yeah, they yell at me because I also wrote a lot of code in ARM. They, so I, sometimes they get bug report. It's like exchange ARM logic apps. Those are the places with most code that I wrote. And I'll sometimes get people with a bug report like, what the heck were you doing here? <laughs> so, but, but yeah, that's kind of what, as a separate thing, that's one of the cool things about software these days is we have software that's been around 30, 40, 50 years, yeah. which is, and you go to Excel, there's code in there from 40 years ago. That's, that's awesome if you think about it yep. from a his, historical legacy perspective. So yeah. cool stuff. Cool stuff. Well, Charles, we know you're busy. We know you're zipping around doing all kinds of podcasts and video interviews and stuff like that. We don't want to eat up any more time, but we do want to say thank you very much for stopping by. Thank you for giving us all kinds of inside hot scoops and things like that. And from us on the Switched On side, thank you very much. Yep. Thank you for having me. Hope you have a great rest of the conference. 